0: Good morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you're listening to us. Uh, thank you very much for listening to this. is episode 24. 24, yes. Uh, thank you very much for listening. I think we're over close to 900 listens by now. Uh, we oh, really, I bet you will be over that. Oh, yeah? yeah okay, yeah, Amaz- so. amazing. Uh, we really appreciate everyone listening in, tuning in. My name is Brandon Curry.
1: Josh Bond.
0: Jeff Collins. Trevor Lindy. We have another special guest uh, in with us today. Um, we're, like, we're getting some big names. Yeah, boys. Oh, yeah. We're getting some big <laughs> names. Getting connected. Uh, the um, we have the district vice president of Fidelity, which is uh, the world's largest active mutual uh, active fund manager. Yep. Did I get that right? Yes, uh, Mr. Sean Crockett. Thank you very much for taking time out of your day. Thanks for having me. Um, you know what really spawned, uh, gentlemen? Here, what really spawned? Uh, I went to. A, a lunch uh, at a nice little, pro- I know, <laughs> surprise, <laughs> surprise, I went to a lunch. Uh, yeah. It wasn't with that. First and, ever. No, no, <laughs> I didn't get the invite. <laughs> yeah. It was a nice uh, lunch. It was <laughs> a very nice lunch um, at Ravine, uh, the vineyards uh, here in Niagara, on, in Niagara-on-the-Lake. And uh, Sean was explaining um, uh, ETFs and mutual funds. And I just thought it was such a great explanation on how he explained everything um and so if we can just start it off there sean i get all the time wtf what is an etf and what's the difference between that and a mutual fund
2: what's a wtf
0: oh i can't say that on there i can't say the F. (laughs) what what the frig what what the frig is good yeah yeah
3: What the fridge um yeah and i and i think there's a lot of misconception out there i really think it's uh uh, etfs are new to a lot of people Uh, i kind of uh, uh equate this to the wild west out there when it comes to etfs there's a lot of misinformation Um, uh, based on exactly what an ETF provides versus a mutual fund. And the reality is there's not a lot of difference between an ETF and a mutual fund. And that's, I think, very important for people to understand. They are two vehicles to achieve the exact same thing um, in both ways. But just think of them as two slightly different vehicles. I kind of equate them to like the coach and the school bus, right? So so the coach is going to be more expensive. That is a mutual fund. You deal directly with the mutual fund company. And we do a lot of the reporting and things like that in the background for you. Uh, An ETF, which is the school bus, is a much simpler vehicle. uh, And therefore, it can be a little bit lower cost as a result. Um, Much simpler in makeup. And basically, you buy that right off an exchange. And most of the reporting is done through whatever institution you deal to to make that purchase.
0: So and just full disclosure, everyone that's listening. Fidelity sells both. They sell both ETFs okay, um, and mutual funds. Et- what's need, an ETF? Yeah,
2: what's an ETF? Go ahead. <laughs> e- speak to me. No. I need the acronym. ETF, what's exchange acronym? traded Fund. So an okay.
3: ETF is an exchange traded fund. So the, the main difference between the ETF and the mutual fund is the ETF you buy on an exchange. You go to the Toronto Stock Exchange. You buy it at any time during the day. A mutual fund you actually buy directly from the fund company. And we will only make that exchange at the end of the day. right once a day so to put it into
0: perspective like we have a lot of uh, an etf an exchange traded fund is basically can be now uh, the big thing that we get and we've spoken to this before low fees low fees we keep getting you know etfs are low fees but there's there's different types of etfs and they're not all the you know what we are seeing with low fees there's passive there's active um and the passive ones are the
3: ones with the ETFs. So, can you just explain that? Yeah. So, so like I said, two different vehicles, right? So, two different buses. But what you can put into both of those buses, what you load into it, um, can be the exact same things either way. So, generally, most of the ETFs that were originally launched were passive, and a passive investment strategy basically means we're just going to mimic an index. There's no person really making a decision on what. Stocks, as an example, or bonds are going to be bought within it. So right? we'll
0: just time out there. So an index would be like the Dow Jones, <clears throat> right? The S and P 500. Uh, those are the names that some people find out. TFX. Basically, just a bunch of stocks that are mi- that that come off of the exchange. And just to see how the stock market's doing, essentially, correct?
3: Yeah, yeah. And the crazy thing about investing in an index is an index was never created to make you money. People need to understand that. An index was not designed to get the best profit in your portfolio. An index was designed to show you the good and the bad and the ugly, to get you all the good companies and all the bad companies to give you sort of an average of what the bar would be to be above or below average. So so really, when you're buying a a (coughs) passive instrument or an index, you are buying mediocrity. That's that's essentially what you're looking for, is I just wanna be dead set average because that's what it's designed to do. And and I think there's ways of improving on mediocrity if we want to, but obviously, that's gonna cost you a little bit more. So, So that's the difference. So ETFs are generally associated with passive investing because a lot of the early ETFs were passive. But you can have passive mutual funds or active mutual funds, and you can have passive ETFs or active ETFs. Um, and an active ETF could be just as expensive as a mutual fund. So that's, that's the first thing that I think it's important. No matter what you buy, it's important for people to understand what they're investing in. Because sometimes people think, I'm buying an ETF, and therefore I'm buying something cheaper. But that's not necessarily the case. You might be buying something that's much more expensive than an alternative in a mutual fund.
0: Right, so basically, I mean, in, in essence, I mean, if someone said, so for, just to get our listeners up, the, the Dow Jones, we keep hearing the Dow Jones, the Dow Jones. The Dow Jones is just an index, mm. and basically it's just a group of 30 companies. That's all it is. Um, And basically, it's just a benchmark to what you said, Sean, of how is the New York Stock Exchange doing with with these 30 different companies? And and
3: probably the worst benchmark is the Dow Jones itself, because it's only 30 companies. So it's really not that representative of the market anyways.
0: Right. And so then, basically, before ETFs, if you just wanted to have a passive strategy, you'd have to buy each of those 30 companies at their respective... Uh, uh, market rates. And you'd be charged a fee for each of those 30 companies. Well, an ETF came along and said, well, if you just want to do that, give us a whole bunch of money and we'll just buy pieces of each of those companies. And then you could just mimic
3: that index. Um, So. And then with the, just to add to that, then with the advent of technology, I mean, I don't even have to do that. We just program a computer to do that for you. And it costs us almost nothing. I mean, Fidelity in the U.S. now actually offers uh index mutual funds at a zero fee so wow. you are paying nothing to do this
1: but there's nobody in the trenches
3: There's no one watching what you're buying. There's no one looking at it. You are going to get what the average of the market does on any given day. All of the ups and all of the downs.
0: So we're recording on Tuesday, October the 30th, 2018. And uh, so for depending on when you're listening to this, the markets just took a crap kicking in the last couple of weeks. So how do you think, uh, Sean, how are those ETFs doing or those passive
3: investments doing? Well, they participated fully in that downside, less whatever fee. That they pay, Right, right? So, so if they th-
0: went down 8% and the fee was 1.3, they're down 9.3%.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I hope on a passive ETF, you're not paying 1.3. Right. You're probably paying 0.2, something like that. Right. Um, but that's that's essentially what someone's going to get, is all of that downside less the fee. Keep in mind that 100% of passive investments that you buy through an ETF or a mutual fund, 100% of them underperform the index. Because they all charge you a fee, with the exception of those ETFs that Fidelity just launched in… in uh, That's
0: right. Good, good, good plug. Good plug. Um, <laughs> uh, in the U.S.
3: It, it, it's, you, you don't have access into the, to, to them here in Canada. But what they launched in… Yeah. Uh, but, but most ETFs that you can buy here in Canada, passive ETFs, you are going to underperform the index by whatever fee that you pay. So there's a lot of talk about how the percentage of mutual funds, and we can talk about that in a little bit, that underperform the index. But it's important to understand that 100% of passive ETFs underperform the index. And again, let me remind everyone that we're talking. So Fidelity and, and Sean sells both. So
0: it's this is a very non-biased view because this is why I brought him in is because – you have some fund managers, or some you know what who I see as wholesalers, or you know you people you see economists on on the TV, and they have some sort of a vested interest So but just buy ETFs. Well, then you find out they own their own ETF or they manage their own money. But you do both. Yep. You get you get credit for both. Yep. So uh, you walk in to talk to me, which we do on a fairly regular basis. I I do one or the other. you that still is underneath yourself. So there's a non-biased here for you to give us just a. Just the guts of it all
3: absolutely and as vehicles they're both good vehicles to get you where you want to do the, the great thing about the mutual fund and the etf is what you already described instead of you having to go out and buy 30 50 100 different companies and all the costs that it would take you to buy each of those companies and manage that yourself you can buy one instrument you can either buy it on an exchange or directly from a mutual fund company you can invest make one purchase and you can get that diversification to all those different investments in in one buy
1: now, is there a difference in risk at all between a mutual and an ETF, or is the risk more so when it being active versus passive?
3: Great question. Yeah, and I, I think uh, there's not really a difference in risk between mutual funds and ETFs. There is a slight added risk uh, with ETFs in terms of that they trade on an exchange. So there is a a price people are willing to sell at and a price people are willing to buy at, what we call the bid and ask spread. Um, And uh, if you're not careful in watching that, sometimes the difference between what you can buy and sell at um, can be uh, far away from what the actual value of the underlying securities are. And that usually only happens on an exchange for moments because we have partners that work on the markets to make sure that this stays very close to what the actual stocks are worth but you do have to be a little bit more careful with an ETF when trading it. It's, you know, I think it's important for anyone who doesn't have an experience to work with a financial advisor to do this, and they'll know exactly how to trade these things properly. But otherwise, the risk all depends on what you put in that bus. And so the most important thing I think for investors is not to just look at the bus, not just to look at the vehicle, but to actually open the doors and step on the bus and look at what's inside, because that's what's going to make the big difference in terms of what your returns are going to be over time, what your risks are going to be, what the ride is going to be like, and where you're going to end up down the road. So,
0: when you you, t- you you touched on fees for mutual funds, so w- mm-hmm. where so let's assume for a second, um, the a a a, a, non, a no load or was what I used to call so a, a non fee like um, passive, uh, both both passive mutual and 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 ETFs. Is let's say 30 basis points or 0.3 percent and then i tack on one percent let's say as a fee to to deal with myself let's say um which is totally negotiable but let's just assume that for easy math and that i'm at 1.3 and maybe that um mutual fund is now instead of at 0.3 they're at 0.6 or 0.7 okay what would that what would the the spread. Why is it? Why would that mutual fund be a tad bit higher than that than that uh, ETF? What costs are they getting? What benefit are they getting for that pay?
3: So basically, the 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 difference here is that the fund company in the mutual fund side is um, managing a lot of the behind the scenes stuff on behalf of the client. So there's more expenses for us. We do all the tax reporting so to make sure all the, the reporting is correct. So when you go to do your taxes at the end of the year, very simple that way. Um, any of the transaction, any of the trading is done with us free, so we do all of that transacting free, but it does get reflected in those additional costs or expenses in the mutual fund. With an ETF as a fund company, as an investment manager, we don't have to do any of that stuff. We have one client, it is the TSX, and all of the tax reporting is put on someone else's shoulders, so the, there will be less embedded fees in the ETF versus the mutual fund, but the ETF itself to buy is likely going to cost you more to buy it itself. There's going to be transaction costs there. There might be um, uh, administration fees to hold the account and all of that type of stuff. So you might feel some of those costs on the other side.
2: So when you went back to your bus analogy and you're saying, you know, look inside and all that, are you kind of directing us to go to the coach because it's nicer inside versus the school bus?
3: No. Again, I'm I'm indifferent. So I think
2: like a coach driving around in instead of a school bus. You know, just little fancier. So Is that, you that why you bought a Lexus versus a Toyota this time? Yeah, yeah there, yeah. Jeff. Yeah. 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 Let's get on that little topic. Uh, but, but but I'm going back to your analogy because I'm. I told I'm you it was Terms for all this stuff because I'm, I'm getting the deer in the headlights kind of look for myself. But when you go back to that analogy, you'd say you look inside the bus, and you know if I'm going to go driving around to a tour or something like that, and I take a bunch of guys, we're going on a Jays trip. We're, we're leaning towards you know, a yeah, little bus
3: as opposed to a school bus. Where it, and you're going to pay a little bit more for that coach, but you'll have more more services basically. You'd have better. But you'll have for my more
2: taxes and stuff like that, right?
3: You will. But it's again, it's more important what's inside that coach or what's inside that bus that's going to determine what your ride is going to be at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So meaning so, wh- what you're invested in. Exactly. So vintage. so I think what I'm trying to say to people is these are two great vehicles to essentially achieve the same thing. They both you take know, you from A to
2: B, basically.
3: They both take you from A to be they're both buses they both have seats on it they'll take you there but it's important more important to look on what's look at what's inside of those vehicles to understand what you're really investing in and i think you know going back to that wild west analogy right now i think there's a lot of misinformation to get people to sort of say oh i want to buy an etf because it's cheaper mm-hmm. and cheaper therefore means better performance which is the strangest thing in the world because if sure. you walk into a a dealership you don't expect that toyota to be a better vehicle than the Lexus, right? You don't expect better performance from the Toyota than the Lexus. So you expect to pay more for the Lexus. But in the investment industry, it seems to be the only industry where we assume that things are gonna be better if we pay less money. Um, and that's not necessarily the case.
2: Well, some people in real estate think that if they pay less commission, they'll get a better agent. And
3: <laughs> same <laughs> with, law, same yeah. with law, right? Get a cheaper lawyer? It's in a lot of, so well. of industries. Again, so, you, you don't want to cheap out on your heart surgeon at the end of the day. No, right? no exactly. I think that
2: actually, I think that's a
0: really, really great uh, analogy there. Like, yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't cheap out on your heart surgeon, right? So why cheap out on your retirement? Right. Um, but I mean, like I saw again, full disclosure, I sell both. So it, it doesn't really matter.
1: But I don't think it's necessarily so much so uh, a cheaping out, if I'm understanding it correctly, but maybe with the mutual, it's a little bit more of a luxurious ride. In terms of the add-ons and, and so it has some seatbelts
0: because we, we we spoke about so to, so we spoke to speak, about yeah. yeah well no because we spoke about the the ETFs are just there and then they mimic they mimic the index that they're trying to follow yep. and then they've they've captured 100 percent of the downside let's say it's eight percent plus uh, minus the fees whereas the mutual fund yes you're paying a bit more but it has some seatbelts so that
3: that mutual fund might be again I think what we're talking about here is what's in the buses as opposed to the two different vehicles. So I can install seatbelts in the, the school ETF. bus, yep. in the ETF. I can install seatbelts in the coach. So the taxes you would pot potentially provide through an ETF? Uh, not the tax reporting. Okay. So so there is some reporting that's, but, but whoever you uh, sort of buy that school bus through or invest in that school bus through is gonna provide you that reporting. They might just okay. charge you a little bit more for it there. But it's important to understand what's in those two vehicles um, may, could, bo- could be the same thing in either vehicle and could provide you a very similar experience at the end of the day. But it really depends what's inside. So what I'm really trying to say is don't focus on the vehicle, don't focus on ETF or mutual fund. Mm-hmm. Focus on understanding what's inside. And again, that's why you use a financial advisor. Because a financial advisor is trained to understand. They know what to look for. They spend their time walking on those buses and taking a look around and seeing what's inside and what you're going to get. And it makes a very significant difference for many, many reasons. A a few stats I'll bring out. There was some research done uh, by an inter-university group. Uh, that actually studied people who worked with financial advisors and those who didn't. And if you worked with a financial advisor for up to four years, on average, you had 1.7 times the wealth of someone that didn't. If you extended that relationship to 15 years, it was almost four times the wealth of someone who didn't. And that's the advantage, of, again, of having someone who's going to not be sort of misled by these two different vehicles by looking at the outside of the school bus or. The outside of the coach and actually walks on and gets a better understanding of what's inside. So, Sean, essentially, I mean, at the end of the day, um, you would make that
1: determination for us, or give the advice, the or give the advice in terms well, of no, you know what? Sometimes in, or, or, I would the, or advisor, advisor, right? the advisor, the advisor would, and we would and work with the advisor. ETF might be good here. Uh, a mutual fund might be good here. And,
0: and that, and that's the other thing too. And I think they, 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 you know, I can speak that. Fidelity is one of our partners, and they spend a lot of time on the education aspect. Like, um, you know, it. it Yes, they're nice settings, but I mean they're full hour and a half to two hours of of lectures on their product mm-hmm. that we take extremely seriously, so that when we speak to people, we actually can know what what the products are and what we're talking about.
3: Yeah, in fact, we just had a due diligence session that we run several of these for financial advisors every year, where it's a two days and they spend two days basically walking on each bus mm-hmm. and understanding what's inside. So each, I... I th- each little product with yeah, the exactly, and it's I think it's invaluable. It's an education and for everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we think education is important, and, and yeah. really, this launch of ETFs Absolutely. here in Canada for Fidelity um, is really most importantly to us about making sure everyone's educated. We want to sort of end the Wild West days of ETFs and really get this to a point where everyone understands what they're investing in. Because what's important to us is people make smart choices at the end of the day so that they can eventually... Mm-hmm. reach that point of financial independence and do all the things that that, that they would like to do.
2: And, and education is a long-term game. If you're educating people, you're looking for that long-term relationship where you get the best benefits too, right?
3: Yeah, and, and I think for, for Fidelity, that's important, that long-term game. We are a privately owned company. Um, uh, it's still owned by a, a family in the US and uh, it's sort of a, it's the family asset that will mean that for that family, no one ever has to want for anything uh, you know, for the future of the family. So Abigail Johnson, uh, who's now I think the seventh or eighth richest woman in the world, she just took over the reins of Fidelity and her job as she takes over is to leave this company in better shape when she passes it on to the next generation. So to us, it's not about, uh, it's, it's not about meeting the next quarter or, or satisfying shareholders over the next six months. It's about what is Fidelity gonna look like 20, 30, 40, 50 years down the road. And that's why it's important for us to invest in that time to to uh, educate uh, people. Which,
2: which bus does she ride on? <laughs> D- depends
3: on she the doesn't <laughs> She yeah. doesn't need a bus. She doesn't need a bus. She's Abigail Johnson. She, she owns
0: a bus. a bus. She owns <laughs> a bus. Yeah. She owns she's fleet. got yeah, a she, private she, jet. Yeah she's, yeah, she's fine. <laughs> I just
2: hear this, this bus and coach correlation and all I think is like air ride suspension, toilet versus bucket.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a <laughs> um, story. Yeah.
0: So... Um, that uh, pretty much wraps it up. Thank you very much, yeah, Sean, uh, no, for uh, taking Thanks time on so, your very busy schedule. We really appreciate it. We'd yeah. love to have you back. Love to. Um, so we'll uh, think of a couple of other questions that come from the uh, our listeners, and, and we'll definitely maybe uh, have you back uh, at a later date. And. Uh, do some more. Yes. Sounds, Sounds great. So, so Sean, uh, best way for maybe not getting any in touch with you because I get in touch with you, but maybe financial advisors uh, can get in touch with you. But uh, just in general,
3: was it Fidelity.ca? Yeah, yeah. You can go to Fidelity.ca, and and that's where Canadians should look to uh, what they can do with Fidelity. Most importantly, we would say contact your financial advisor. We're we're obviously big believers. You can tell from this conversation mm-hmm. that. It's best to uh, to invest with Fidelity through a financial advisor. Okay. Know what's on the bus. Yes. Masseuse.
0: Uh Thank you very <laughs> thank you very much, uh, Sean. Uh, Trevor, how do they get in touch with us or whatever? Uh, Share care. Listen, yeah,
1: anywhere podcasts are found: iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, um, Spotify, Stitcher. Stitcher, you name it. There's Apple nine TV. different platforms that we're on. <laughs> keep saying Apple TV. It's part of <laughs> iOS, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much, everyone. Thanks, Thanks so guys. No, and keep the questions coming. Shout. Out.